Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Hello, Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. On today's show, we're breaking down the weekend box office and then the big news of the day. Disney Plus is here. We got a whole bunch of content to talk about, including some new trailers like this kind of less creepy Sonic trailer on Movie Talk today. Check it out. Hello, guys. Happy uh, Disney Plus Day, I guess. So we have who was that Ken? <laughs> <laughs> Can't He's be everywhere. For that. Uh, we have a great show planned for you today. All of those uh, stories. And we also have a very special guest. Coy, as always, you are lovely. Why, thank you. But we have to give a big round of applause for Mr. Mark Ellis. Hello. Thank hey, you everybody. for joining Good us to be today. Back. Oh, you boy, doing? this is exciting. When uh, The first thing I looked for when I saw that Sonic trailer was his teeth. <laughs> I was like, let me see what those chompers are like. Am I going to have to get angry about how, how poor Sonic? <laughs> Smile at me. <laughs> he smiles, but he doesn't show the teeth. I miss this like whole setup with like your gigantic cup of my, ice um, and water and my state fair size cup of uh, ice water. It's here. also so kind of you to bring a coaster to the. It's like there's so much dust and stuff this here. It's nice of you. That courtesy you of Josh keep it Makuga, clean. it's a Yingling coaster. Can you find East Coast beer? One can of my favorite beers on the planet. I can't. I mean, I can flip it. Do it. I could probably no, kick no, no, it. No, no, like no, no. I mean, football. like on the side of the table where you catch it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Not oivay. Well, wow, here we that are. was like a this real. Is, uh... Not everybody's <laughs> as athletic as you and can run a marathon and then come back and host the show. Wait, wait, wait. I'd still Pass be in the hospital. Thing. Pass that thing over. <laughs> All right. Can you see it? No one can see it. I'm going to do it and no one's going to be able to see it. Oh, like that. that was pretty good. I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to jinx it. This All is right. why the show's back to now. <laughs> right Stop now, time. as much as I love flipping coasters, do you know what I love more than that? 
box office and numbers, but I actually, I despise this weekend. This was the biggest bummer in a while. So here is the top five of the box office. I still kind of can't believe it. Midway opened up on top with $17.9 million. Then it was Dr. Sleep with a mere $14.1 million. Playing with Fire came in at number three with $12.7 million. Then it was Last Christmas at number four with $11.4 million, followed by Terminator Dark Fate, Rounding out the top five with $10.8 million. I don't know what to ask you guys first, except like what happened with Dr. Sleep. I really, I can isolate maybe like teeny tiny reasons, but $14 million, that is a very, very low sum for an opening weekend for a Stephen King adaptation. I look at that top five and I see horrific marketing across the board. The best marketing was Midway because at least they knew what weekend they were opening. You're opening on Veterans Day weekend, so I'm never going to complain about a movie based on the Battle of Midway being number one. What I would complain about is that if I'm Dr. Sleep, I understand it's a sequel to The Shining. I didn't know it was a sequel to The Shining until I had my friends who were book readers and the trailer came out. If you had called this movie The Shining Part 2, it would have made at least $30 million at the box office. You have to spell it out for people, and I don't think the doctor's sleep on its own lets people know that this is a sequel to The Shining. I definitely th- I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. I think they waited a little too long to pull the trigger on fully embracing the fact that it was a Dr. Sleep sequel because a Shining sequel, because there was a point in time when we were encouraged not even to call it that, really. And then all of a sudden that switched where it was all over the posters and all over the trailers. The Jason Bourne show did the same thing where it was like, you can't mention it's Jason Bourne. (laughs) And then the advertisements came out. They're like, from the world of Jason Bourne is born again, born, born, born. And I'm like, oh, it's a Jason Bourne show. I feel like if this had decided earlier on, because I haven't even seen a trailer for Dr. Sleep. I'm seeing it today. I have yet to see a trailer. I watch a lot of movies. Have you been watching any football? No. They haven't. I've I've seen seen trailers nonstop. And the trailers have done a a, competent job of letting you know that we're going back to the Overlook Hotel. This is from The Shining. But I'm telling you, people, by and large, do not know that there was a sequel to The Shining that was written. They don't know that Dr. Sleep is a book that came out. And social media is advertising it that way now, which is what they should have done, because all the social media ads are like they're doing the framing that mirrors the shining and doing all those things. But now it's too late. So wait, let me ask you guys this. What was it about the Pet Cemetery adaptation that got it 10 million more opening weekend than this? Because it was called called Pet Cemetery. Cemetery. It was called Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery is the thing that is just in the cultural zeitgeist in a way that Dr. Sleep is not. The Shining is. Pet Cemetery is. But Dr. Sleep is not. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I know a lot of people read the novel. I know it was a New York Times bestseller, as most of Stephen King's stuff is. But if you just ask somebody, you go up to them, hey, what is Dr. Sleep? It sounds like, oh, is that Jack Kevorkian's nickname? More than you do, oh, it's a sequel to The Shining. That is kind of fair, but still, I would think that if I walked around and I said to people, like, Pet Cemetery starring Jason Clark versus a Shining sequel starring Ewan McGregor. That would be the more obvious sell to but me. But you have Especially, to tell me it's a Shining sequel. It's Doctor Sleep well, which, starring Ewan McGregor, which they did do the last two months. They did have a two month lead up to the Shining sequel hitting theaters. But they never. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think a lot of this is just title based. I think that if you if you if you put in the trailer, oh. that's great. I knew it was a sequel to the to the Shining. Okay, I knew that. And if you see a trailer, you get what it is. But a lot of people are not going to make that investment if you just see on its ear, Dr. Sleep is coming out in theaters. 
I also don't know how it's not been attached to more movies. I, I get that it's on football, but I watch football on Twitter highlights because I'm a monster until Super Bowl season. So I only saw like I you seen... watched Spider Man for like nine hours last night on Disney. <laughs> I have Watch. priorities. Sir. There's a great Monday Night Football game. The you Patriots know. are going to the Super Bowl because that's what we do, and then I, I will that. watch the Super Bowl. I, I just admitted that. I was a Patriots fan on a network that talks about Star Wars. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so, I, but I think it should have been attached to more films. Like I didn't see the. I, I go to movies every week and I haven't seen it on the big screen. So I think it's a really weird campaign to not push it that direction. You can look at other reasons. Like I, I think a two and a half hour runtime is a long time. Um, mm. I think that you know, especially coming off a, a, a the Irishman is three hours, Ford versus Ferrari in two and a half hours. We only have, <laughs> our bladders can only take so much when we go to the movies. I so, also think it has something to do with the fact that for whatever reason they decided to release Terminator Dark Fate on the weekend of Halloween and then Doctor Sleep the weekend <laughs> after. It, yeah, I mean you. you Why? You have a movie that is that is leaning into horror, even though I don't think Doctor Sleep is a straight horror movie. No, no, no. It leans into a lot of those elements, and that's what's going to get people in the it's theater. More supernatural thriller, I think, than right. straightforward horror. And we've already seen we, we we've had our fun with Halloween. We've had our fun with Stephen King Halloween with it Chapter Two. You know, which by the way, the reason why it does so well in theaters, by and large, <laughs> there's a scary clown that we know we're going to see, as opposed to just oh, it's Ewan McGregor. Oh, he's he's thinking a lot in this trailer. James McAvoy and Cloud in a town in New England. <laughs> so it's got to be called the and movie. I love, and I love the I love Doctor Sleep. I, th- I thought the movie was terrific. I think you're gonna have a great time, but I just don't think it was sold as well as it could have. Now it wasn't as bad as something like Playing with Fire, which by you the way, saw Playing with Fire. No, but I saw an ad for it. And I was oh. like, why are you opening this movie during fire season in Southern California? This is literally the it, it's the dumbest reason to make a movie. Be, it, there's so many wildfires raging right now in the United States, particularly in our state. Oh, I know. Let's let, let, let's release a funny. We don't know what we're doing with these fire hoses. Meanwhile, that, I think that's the only new release that actually exceeded ex- its expectations beyond Midway because Doctor Sleep fell well below, and the same is true of Last Christmas. Not well below; that was in the lower range. But you know, of all the releases this weekend, I didn't think it was going to be Midway that was going to pop. I thought it would maybe be Last Christmas of all things, just because Halloween is in the rearview mirror now, and everyone gets super excited for Christmassy stuff, right? <laughs> it's November. 12th? I know. That's like there is a season. There's been Christmas decorations in stores for but like a month already. The problem. Like, I don't think we should let CVS win. We like let the Thanksgiving aisle exist. I'm, I think there needs to be a little time. If you work at Target, I think on midnight of Halloween, you have to come in and change everything <laughs> to make it all Christmassy. I mean, that, that, that's the one thing. Like, if you look at all these movies, I think Dr. Sleep will have a little bit of legs just because I do think that it, it is getting positive word of mouth. But last Christmas could be another one that does well just because with every subsequent week we're getting closer and closer to christmas and i don't know what that other christmasy kind of movie is that's coming out on the horizon that could you know frozen everything's just scared of frozen and star wars everything's just running away to november actually themed christmas the truth of the matter is everything's afraid of disney Mm -hmm. i mean like we had disney plus launching everybody's time is going to be taken up by that right now and really think about some of the biggest releases of the year most of them are Disney movies. I don't know. This just goes right back to the issue that I think many people are going to choose to spend their time at home and there's going to be fewer and fewer opportunities for a big blockbuster to actually do well 
in theaters. Speaking of which, why is Terminator so good and doing so badly? I It's number five. It's in 4,000 screens still. It had the biggest release this weekend again. It's in more screens than the opening screens of Doctor Sleep, and it made $10 million. And I, I thought maybe it would have legs that would, like, people word of mouth would get at least a bump, but $10 million this early in the game, I, it's, it's so good, and it's all, so disappointing. All the word of, I really do think all the word of mouth right now is going to Disney+. Plus. That's all anybody is talking about right now. I think and a I lot of people are very excited about Disney+. Plus. I think the issue with Terminator is just that, like, it's not Terminator Dark Fate's fault. It's Terminator Genesis's fault. Yeah, it's Terminator Salvation's, yeah, yeah. Salvation's fault. I know that these movies, that those movies got retconned, but at some point there is a threshold for audiences where we're like, look, I've seen this. I know you're trying to redo the war. Great, you brought Lynn Hamilton back. That's awesome. You have a new cast. I've seen this too many times, and I think that was the fate that befell Terminator. Well, in particular with Terminator, it's not like we were all that far removed from the last crappy sequel, whereas mm. with other franchises, maybe there was a little more distance. Just briefly, back to Dr. Sleep, because this report broke, uh, I think, earlier today or late last night. THR reports that the studio was so keen on Dr. Sleep that they hired writer-director Mike Flanagan to write the script for a further sequel titled Halloran to be produced by his production company, Intrepid Pictures. So, uh, Give us that TV series. Put uh, on Disney Plus. Make a deal. Come on. I mean... I want to see more in this world. I... I, I as much as I love Dr. Sleep, one, I don't think this is happening because of how poorly it did at the box office, but... Like, the good thing about Dr. Sleep is it's based on a novel written by Stephen King. I love Mike Flanagan, but I would be very nervous if he wrote his own story about Dick Halloran. And I'm also, given the conversation that we had about Dr. Sleep earlier, where it is detached from The Shining 2, could you imagine a movie coming out called Halloran? <laughs> if it's called The Shining, Colin Halloran, I think it's got a lot better of a chance than just Haller Halloran sounds like where I'd go to get pharmaceuticals. Oh, yeah. They could retroactively, like, live, die, repeat this and call it Shining 2 and then have this be Shining 3 Halloran. And then have a Shining uh, Collector Blu-ray trilogy. Yeah, they'll hold the whole set. Yeah. It'll be fine. I I would actually be curious to know what Edge would happen tomorrow, if they did that. Halfway through its run, changed their name to Live Die Repeat, and it did better. Maybe this will be. Maybe next week this will be Shining too. Man, say so go see Doctor Sleep because it is a it's a very good it's a very good theatrical experience, and maybe it goes back to Perry's point where it's just that we're in this world now where we have so many great streaming options at home. Now we have much more options than we did yesterday, and if you go to the theater, you're going for a huge blockbuster event, and you only have so much money to spend on those. So if you're waiting to go see Frozen two with your family, you're waiting for Star Wars or Jumanji or something like that, then maybe Doctor Sleep just wasn't quite making the maybe you were saving it for Ford versus Ferrari this weekend which I would say that's a wise investment because that movie is also <laughs> a great big screen experience yeah yeah um, I know there was one other point we wanted to hit in box office maybe a little movie called The Joker so we are mere dollars away from a billion dollars for a movie that costs so few dollars and I really hope this is the anti as much as I love Terminator Dark Fate the fact that it's going to probably clear just shy of 400 million and that's a failure when Terminator 1 made like 6 like we need to look at the opportunities to make movies smaller and then have higher profits if you want to keep making bold chances I think Joker is the example I think this is I think Logan chopped down the forestation and this paved the road. So I think now is the time. Make more bold movies because a billion dollars when it costs like 60. I can't even, I can't even imagine how much money people are making off the Joker. That's the crafty budget of most superhero movies. I just think the the, the lesson here, I, I think it's less like, okay, let's take all of our villains that we've ever heard of and give them this crazy backstory.
story that harps on mental illness. And let's just remember that this movie was made for a little bit of money. So yeah. let's mm-hmm. make movies for a little bit of money. There's very few films out there that you have to sink $150, $200 million into their budget. Maybe you do it with a Star Wars. Maybe you do it with an Avatar or an MCU film. I, but this is this is proof that you can have a comic book movie that is, albeit standalone from a larger universe, that is just made so small. What's really shocking about the billion dollar mark to me is that I just don't see Joker as a film. It's a very well made film. I don't see it as a film that's like gets repeat business. Like, is and anybody the Joker is like, oh, I gotta feel that again for two hours? It's a very difficult thing to describe, but as like rock to my core as I was when I left the Joker and how unpleasant I found that sensation I did kind of want to go right back in it's I think it's one of those movies that when you see the ending and you experience his whole journey you can go back to the beginning and like find little details that were kind of paving the way all along that you might have missed as a native New Yorker are you very upset that everybody's stopping by the steps in Brooklyn to take pictures I haven't I, I stay in Manhattan <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Times Square for six years and it's just like all of my friends knew I never went off the island. You came to me or I didn't see you. I don't cross the 405. I get it. It's just a thing you don't do. It's not a thing. I'm not I have I live in Santa Monica and I'm like, when you move to this country, I can talk to you. But it's, there's a big stretch of pavement that I cannot. It, it's, it's like Field of Dreams. I'm like Moonlight Graham. I can't go off the 405. There's like a gray zone for me, like Fairfax, the 405. I'm like, how close are we? There's like, there's like, oh, we're birthday friends. I'll drive for your birthday past Fairfax. But 405, sorry, bro. I'm going to start using that term to someone's face and I'm really going to insult It's dark, them. but I need a passport across the 405. It's real. It's a problem. <laughs> I, I can kind of understand that, but what if someone was going to share their Disney Plus password with you? Well, Would you cross the 405? For 699, I won't get across the 495. 405. Like, <laughs> it's just, fair. it That's costs fair. more to drive that far. <laughs> this is LA. Gas is $8 a gallon. Alright, we're going to move into the Disney Plus portion of the show today, and uh, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. There's a lot of new content. We watch some of it, then there's just the update on how everything went. So it does seem like many people out there were able to indulge in the gigantic library that Disney Plus showed off. But there were some problems from Variety's report. Multiple users on social media said they had trouble signing in when it first went live, while others said they had problems accessing specific content or using features like setting up a watch list. And eventually, Disney Plus uh, tweeted the following. The consumer demand for Disney Plus has exceeded our high expectations. We are working to quickly resolve the current user issue. We appreciate your patience. I only had like a couple minor hiccups here and there. I watched The Mandalorian. I was telling you guys before, and... At one specific point in the time code, for whatever reason, it would jump like 20 minutes ahead. And it, I would try to go back, but it would go to that same point later in the episode. And until I refreshed, that problem so wouldn't weird. stop. But I, who didn't expect glitches with a major launch like this? Did you have any problems? I, I had a hard time getting the app to exist like i kept refreshing multiple app sites where were, and then you, I felt where like were a, you watching specifically uh, so i ended up downloading it on my ps4 okay. but i tried it on my tv my phone my xbox it was the most millennial i've ever felt while also feeling like a grandpa because i was on like multiple services but also going where's the app and like yelling at midnight it was a lot <laughs> how do i set uh, the clock on the vcr is it recent or alphabetical i don't know uh so i had a time uh but once i got it to download once i got in the only issue i had was occasionally screens would go black like i'd be scrolling over over a series like I was in like the Marvel section and it'd be like Thor Ragnarok Iron Man 2 
five blank screens. I didn't have mm. to like guess what I was going to watch. Uh, but I, it's a giant. They're trying to catch up to Netflix in a day. Like I feel like Disney is Netflix had a long run. They went from a, a mail you DVD service to an app that had a slow build of like a thousand users. So I, I think jumping to the millions of users that are trying to get on this Disney thing, I didn't expect it to work today. Yeah, I didn't expect it to work till like Friday in a, in a smooth way. So I, I feel like it's a little bit of backlash that I get you're paying customers, but this costs less than Subway. Just like, it's very cheap. I don't know if you had this issue, but just in case anybody out there can't get the entirety of the thing to work, one thing that I did notice is after I signed up, there's like a little exclamation point by your account name. You do have to authorize your account. So I, I might try looking at that in case you're having problems with nothing working. That could solve it. Ellis, we have a burning question for you right now. Yeah, hit You're me. the only one at this table who's not a Disney Plus subscriber. I want to know why. Yeah, yeah. I guess who's not a Disney shill anymore, huh? Um, um, I just didn't want to sign up for the service yet. I mean, there's there's a number of different reasons. One, it's that I, I really don't have a passion to watch a lot of television content in general. It's just not in my wheelhouse. Like, the TV I watch is live sports and then coverage of the live sports that I just witnessed. <laughs> um, so, it, But then I know Disney Plus has a lot of movies and a lot of original stuff like that, too. The only things that I've seen that I'm really looking forward to watching are the Star Wars shows. So I really want to see The Mandalorian. I know Ken Napslock personally, and I've been invited to his home to watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> so then uh, the Cassian Andor show... Is he on the right show, side of the 405? He's on the very good side oh, of the okay. 405. He's like 10 minutes from my place, so we're more than just birthday friends. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, that Cassie and Anna and Obi-Wan, those are ones that, are, that I'm going to want to experience. But everything else, like the initial slate of Marvel shows that they introduced, didn't really get me out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. The ones that I'm more excited for are things like Moon Knight and She-Hulk, which are yeah, way yeah. down in the pipeline. But the biggest reason I didn't sign up for Disney Plus and try to watch it right away is that I knew this is the stuff that happens. It's just like y- y'all are the people who are waiting outside the Apple store when the new iPhone gets introduced. And you're waiting there for days. And then you finally are the first one to get your hands on the iPhone 18 and then, and then you're work. shocked when there's glitches and there's bugs. <laughs> I'm the guy that sits back with my little iPhone 4 and I'm like, I'm just going to wait until they fix all these things and then I will go get my new phone. Okay, no, that's kind of accurate. I was going to say maybe it has something to do with the fact that we had to be on this show and we had to watch and be aware of all of this. You would have, both y'all would, I know you guys, both y'all would have done this even if you were not yeah, having yeah. to cover this. No, for yeah, your that's job. probably true. Also, because I wanted to get in for the founders deal, not like any of those prices are, I, like, I don't know. Oh, it's even better, though. Are, are, I mean, incredible. are we grandfathered into something like that? Or well, in a couple of years, is it going to be a price hike? I mean, we're good for three years. So for if there's three a price years. hike in the next one or two, so, when 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 I was I had the luxury of being at D twenty three this past summer and so they had these kiosks everywhere you could sign up mm-hmm. for you got a special deal if you sign up for three years so yeah. I did that with, I did that for my brother and his family and for my sister oh. and her family for uh, for Christmas so now Uncle Mark is good for the holidays so I may not even go home I may just drink at Chili's on Christmas like I've already done my work and so now I'm just sitting back and seeing how they enjoy the service how y'all enjoy the service and I'm gonna let everybody have their fun with Disney Plus. I'm watching sports. Let's see if we can change that a little bit. So we watched some stuff, some okay. stuff you might want to prioritize. I'm I saw just, you watch the end of The Mandalorian did, right here on I this did. set. And she had a huge smile on her face. Yeah, the, the, the end of the first episode <laughs> was, was really, really good. Uh, no spoilers here at all, though. Koi, you did watch the first uh, chapter of Mandalorian. What did you think? Uh, the Mandalorian really surprised me because I didn't realize how much I missed the feeling of the old trilogy. I thought... 
I fear Star Wars fans. I'm going to own this. There's nothing on the internet to me scarier than an angry Star Wars fan. So I'm sorry for anything I say that offends you, but I didn't like The Force Awakens as much as The Last Jedi. I said it out loud. So I was afraid this would feel very similar in that it was like leaning on nostalgia. It would be leaning on like remaking Star Wars and doing a lot of things that felt very like, hear that sound effect. We know you love that sound effect. And instead, it did all of the things that made me love Star Wars without feeling like it was reliant on the past. It just existed in, in, in a thing that felt like the past. It felt like I was watching something from the original trilogy, but with today's technology, instead of feeling like they were remaking the original trilogy with today's technology. So that's exactly what I didn't know I wanted. And it's got like, so, like Brian Pesane's in it. Uh, Carl Weathers is in it. I never knew I wanted Carl Weathers in Star Wars, but the moment I had it, I needed more. So I was really happy to, to visit that world, and I didn't realize how much I'd want to have multiple hours of Star Wars. Like, I'm so excited this is a show that's long form. Mm-hmm. So it was it was everything I wanted to be and more. I'm all in. I, I'm so hyped about this. So I was watching the whole thing, and I'm like, I really, really like this. And it wasn't until I sat on the set to watch the end that I'm like, oh, no, I love this. I need more right now, that's now, That's exactly now. How, how this morning worked. I said, I'm walking to the door. Perry comes in, parks. She honked at me, and then it was then we, we, we walk in the office, and I'm like, "Hey, so how's Mandalorian?" And you're like, "I'm about to finish it," and and you seem like you're enjoying it, and I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna let Perry have her space," and then she's in here in the studio watching the end of it because I came in and I was like, "Hey, Perry, I'm gonna watch the trailers real quick if you want to watch." She did not respond at all. She's, got, she's she, Perry was watching it like she's wired in in the social network, just like no, we can't talk to her for another ten hours, and she watched the end of it. And as soon as it's it's in, she takes the earbuds out, and she had the biggest smile on her face that made it that you you all are doing a great job of selling me on this show not the service as a whole but on this show which i am super excited to watch the the show is very very well done this is some of the best creature work i've seen in a while i just really think that they married practical and digital effects kind of pitch perfectly here i was a little nervous about having a main character where you don't get access to his face the entire time but i still think that played very well i'm also a huge fan of mandalorian culture i'm fascinated by it and even in just this first chapter you're already starting to chip away at all of that and Ah, oh, the IG droid is so good. It's so good There's and so shot many, so well. The memorable nature of the characters that just show up for two minutes is what I think of as Star Wars. Like when you look at the old trilogy where there's like a character in the canteen and you're like, that guy, and it, you hold on to that. There's so much of that yeah. in this one episode. Like there's a guy that he repeats a phrase so much that I found myself saying it this morning. <laughs> and it's just like really funny how something can be so memorable and be so simple. And I think that's the beauty of Star Wars. It's the simplicity of the elements. There's so much archetypal flavor here like this feels like a western in space yeah so happy that's a great way to articulate it too is it start with the original trilogy was filled with these characters that we met very briefly we meet bosk for one scene Mm -hmm. he shows up to a job interview with no shoes on and now his toy goes for like nine thousand dollars on open because we're just like oh no he was so cool we want to know more about him does this feel when i see the trailer i feel like it's going to be the the movie i'd compare to the most would be rogue one is that true or is that a stretch for old mark ellis um, I could see why you would say that. Just like gritty, boots on the ground, kind of feeling desperation You know, in I, a different like, time period, obviously. It's kind of crazy to say this, but I feel like when I think about it and I try to compare it to specific movies, it feels a little like everything to me. Like a, I'm going through all of like the key scenes and locations from each feature film, and I think this one like taps into most of them. For me, it feels like the best of, and this is controversial, but the best parts of Return of the Jedi. Like the things that so don't. So, like the uh, whole movie. Like, with the, before is... the Ewoks get a little too Ewoky. 
Like, we, like, no. What? First of all, <laughs> I, like I said, I don't want to talk about Star Wars on the internet. I, uh, I'm afraid. <laughs> two Ewoks. You mean they got two Ewoks and they saved us from I, the Imperial Empire? That two Ewoks? I, I love the Return of the Jedi, but there are moments that feel a little like hijinksy. Like it feels like uh, the, the conveniences. There's Just moments because that are the Ewoks, Swiss Family Robinson, an entire planet, <laughs> and we're able to outmaneuver storms and live very happily I think doing that they're it. They're heroes and they're great drummers. In in like, if I had to rank all the Star Wars movies and how much the Mandalorian reminds me of each Ooh, one, that's I a feel good like list. like the that bold. would be Return of the Jedi would be closer to the bottom okay. like there might be one scene that i feel like fits that vibe a little but not really well and I, now- i'm also mostly thinking about location so it's like i really mm. have you know force awakens new hope uh empire for a particular reason in my head like it, it's something about like the locations I'm so excited to watch this show. I, I cannot wait to go over to Ken's house and eat loud snacks while it's on, and he's oh, watching it for no. the ninth time. Um, <laughs> last question about Mandalorians. I know we got to yes, move yes. on. Um, so can you just let me, because there, there was some news report like three weeks ago that was like, oh, there's this massive spoiler that, about the movies once you, once you watch Mandalorian. I think that's what the headline was. So are we learning new information about the film series through this show? It feel, I mean, it feels very tied to that world. There's creatures that you've seen in movies before. There's, uh, there's terms that are name-dropped. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very much connected to the Star Wars cinematic universe. But I wouldn't say there's, there's like this game-changer thing that completely changes how you look at the films you've seen before. There is a moment that's a game-changer for the show that might be a game-changer for the movies, maybe. So there is a moment you want to avoid. It's only six ninety nine. I mean, be careful. That's probably a new thing that everybody has to get used to out there. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not just Netflix in the game anymore. Now with Disney Plus and especially the fact that they have Star Wars and Marvel content, it's very difficult to avoid spoilers. And right now there's a lot of people out there, maybe people watching in other countries who don't have access to the service until March. So be careful. And if you're writing or commenting about any of these shows, just keep in mind that not everybody has access. And please avoid spoilers because you want to be able to experience them for yourself. I hope you all can. We have to talk about some other things that are not Star Wars related, though. <laughs> what did you watch on Disney Plus that isn't Star Wars? First bit of content I had the moment I turned that app on. I didn't go Marvel. I didn't go Star Wars. I didn't go anything that people might expect. I went the world according to Jeff Goldblum immediately okay. because that was the thing I was most anticipating the entire platform. And oh, Oh, it is magic. Uh, my favorite show, I think, on TV right now is Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I love just seeing real people, like, with their all their facade down and just existing. And I think Jerry Seinfeld really gets comedians to be comfortable. And I love cars and I love coffee. <laughs> I knew the bar was high for the show. But Jeff Goldblum is so fascinated by everything that it makes you more interested in the world around you. And I'm already like an exclamation point as a person. Like I already just live as a zeal and hype. Jeff Goldblum does that like with panache. And the show is just that. I learned nothing new about sneakers and I watched a 40 minute episode or whatever about sneakers. I know nothing new, but I got to watch someone discover how much they love discovering about discovering sneakers. I was just worried that show was going to be a little too like, hey, we have this wacky character that you know. So now we're just going to throw him in situations and just kind of I, I, I hate when like weirdness gets exploited and gets like thrown into the center ring. 
And that's what that show felt like to me. But if you're saying it's great and that you can follow Goldblum, because I, I love the way that he exists in movies, and I don't want to taint that with, with, with too much. I think just, people can see, oh, well, everybody loves how weird he is. Mm-hmm. So now let's give you a thousand times the weirdness. I'm glad it's once a week. I think it would be cloying if we watched too much at once. But it's kind of like how they use Bill Murray in Wes Anderson films. It's just like a slightly more Murray. So it's, it's, I'm glad it's like a 30 or 40 minute show, and I'm glad it's a, like a once a week experience. I couldn't watch 20 hours of it. But like what it is is exactly what they advertised it as, and I didn't realize how much I wanted that because it, it, it's a new type of show. Like I've never watched someone just exist before. Like it feels like the Truman Show with Jeff Goldblum. I just watched someone like be excited. That's a great sell, actually. Yeah, like, I would watch really, that, and it's really strong. Uh, so I watched that. I watched The Mandalorian. I watched uh, the first episode of X Men. Which just hearing that soundtrack, uh, Mark Bernard called me out because I tend at night to not wear a shirt. Uh, so he asked me if the Disney Plus app blew my shirt off. And X Men, you did. The X Men theme, those threads never had a chance. Uh, did you like Hogan it? So that was a amazing and then i put a shirt on for more content because the internet came at me um but i i watched the the first episode of spider-man the animated series uh i didn't sleep much uh there's so much on there that and then just flipping mm-hmm. through like old disney channel original movies i almost put on brink at four in the morning oh, i knew boy. i had to be here but brink almost called to me i was right there it's just everything and just hearing the theme songs like there's a video on my twitter right now the nostalgia if you could bottle that i would never leave my home and they practically have there's a lot there. It I just mean, it feels so right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely feels very right from a library perspective because I could sit there and burn through their old material all day long. And I also had to make a little time for something new. So I wanted to go Jeff Goldblum. I also wanted to uh, watch the Kristen Bell show really bad mm. encore, I believe. I also I genuinely really want to watch the High School Musical show, too. I hear very good things about that. But I wound up watching uh, Noel. Okay. And Noel, Noel is uh, it, it's interesting. Is it's, that the uh, Bill Hader? Yeah, Bill Hader, Anna Kendrick, and uh, Billy Eichner. And it's, you know, it's Christmas. Day. I like that cast. Felt very like Elf from the trailer. Th- that's definitely what it's going for. Um, Did we hit it? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait. Keep talking for a second. Let me check something. So anyway, Noel is a film where I believe Bill Hader plays the, is he the son of Santa Claus? And, and, and he freaks out because he has to become Santa Claus and he can't handle the pressure. And so he goes, runs off, then Anna Kendrick has to go find him. Okay, it's and there. I, wanted, I wanted to make sure it was on there and I didn't break embargo or anything. It is a bit. <laughs> thank you. It's on Disney. I've, there's so many embargoes. I can't keep them straight. I watched uh, Noel me, in right no, Disney Plus has bigger things to worry about than your review. <laughs> you of never Noel. know. I like, to, being I like to follow the rules. It's it's trying to be Elf, and it's got kind of one foot in that world very well, and then one that feels a little forced. It's you know it's it's happy positive Christmas content that feels like it could have really used Anna Kendrick's comedic timing and style to make it something different and fresh. And sometimes it gets there, but then sometimes it feels like it was made when elf was first made. Mm. So it's like a little bit of a mix of things that work really well and things are odd, things that are like bizarrely funny, but then also things that feel super dated and silly. And the, the digital effects here. It's it's funny going from watching Noel, which has, you know, digital reindeer, to something like The Mandalorian, which has practical effects and really good digital effects, too, because here the digital stuff is, like, awful. She's got an adore... Like, you know how much I love cute creatures, pet-like creatures in movies. Except She's got, like, a baby reindeer that's supposed to be her, her best friend, and 
it's so bad. It's so it's like there's none of the rendering makes it like cartoonishly part of the real world. It just it looks like it was just like plopped on last minute on top of the live action frame. Here's me grabbing my six ninety nine back. You're gonna, you're gonna sell me on this service. I'm I want like real looking reindeers. Damn I'm ripping it. that part to shreds right now. But there there's loads of holiday cheer. If you're in that mood right now, this is a good at home watch. This belonged on a streaming service. I remembered one other glitch, and it was very funny to me, only because of how nerdy I am. Uh, I was flipping through Spider-Man, and I pressed what I assumed was the first episode, because it was labeled one, and I didn't look at the title. It was, uh, in this case, they played Sins of the Fathers Part 10, which is deep into Spider-Man lore. So the first episode listed on the show, it goes episode, like, that'd be, like, I think it's season two, and then it goes two, three, four. So the pilot was was registered wrong. So when I started playing Spider-Man, I was like, wait, but Venom's already, wait, what's going on? Wait, why is Camille? Like, so, uh, if you're watching Spider-Man, or if Disney Plus, if you're watching, hello, the entity Disney Plus, fix that. Uh, but like those little glitches make sense to me on a day one launch. Yeah. Uh, you can't fix reindeer, but fix the order of Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like it was cute in a digital version, but it didn't match that world. Um, <laughs> the 2019 <laughs> sentence. It was cute in a digital sort of way. You know, it's just weird thinking about that now, and we're going to talk about the Sonic trailer in a minute. But before we even get to any of the trailers, tell me now, is Disney Plus worth it, Koi? I. If it was just the Spider-Man show, it'd be worth it. If it was just the X-Men show, it would be worth it. If it was just Star Wars and the new Marvel shows, it would be worth it. Since it's all of those things, plus stuff I haven't had the time Mm -hmm. to find yet, I'm actually worried for the first time in my life about my own socialization skills, because I'm an extrovert, and I'm afraid I'm going to just go zero dark. You're going to see me paler than I am now. I'm afraid of the future, because children on sick days, I watch The Price is Right, Jeopardy, and Happy Days. These kids don't have to go to school. And I'm afraid of what... Will my ADD level be now? Because, like, I can't sit still. What am I going to do when I can watch all the Spider-Man and X-Men concept? I, frankly, I'm concerned, but I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Corey's right. School, it's it's done for kids. You don't have to go. It's 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 on your phone. Um, I, I think with Disney Plus, if this is somebody who's not subscribed to Disney Plus, I think it's probably the best bang for your buck as far as the streaming service goes. I think it's probably better than Netflix because a lot of times when I go on Netflix, it's cool to have all these new options like, oh, a documentary about the Nuremberg trials. Maybe I'll check that out. I usually end up going back to my comfort food where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch a stand-up special or I'll watch something that I've seen a thousand times. So Disney has that built in they have Mm -hmm. so much nostalgia already they have new content that adults like me are interested in that kids are obviously going to glom on to so i think that 6.99 is an incredible value what i love about disney plus is that i think that eventually that's going to drive the market down for services like a netflix or a hulu i know that hulu is bundling with disney but Mm -hmm. if you can drive the rest of those prices down apple all these companies are getting into the streaming game you see that disney is charging 6.99 Hopefully they realize, well, we shouldn't charge much more than that. What is it going to take for you to subscribe? Is it it like just strictly a matter of time waiting until they kind of iron out all the issues and then you're in? I just think that like I I have very different viewing habits than a lot of my friends and I think that a lot of it is like when it comes to like Christmas season for example I'm watching a lot of college football bowl games I'm watching a lot of NBA and NFL and that's really what I spend my time when I'm at home that's when I enjoy my content. I don't I don't watch stuff on my phone a lot. Like when I'm traveling, I don't stream a lot of things on my phone. So when I'm home and I actually get a chance to relax, I want to watch something that is competition based or I want to sleep. And those are my options. So it's more about me 
than it is about Disney Plus. I like that I can understand that now that I have a foot in the football world. Yeah, I right. really did. I'd watch you football all day on points. Sunday. I love well, the amount that this episode has been about football, one. and I admitted that I watched football on my Twitter. And I'm so sorry to my friends Perry and Mark <laughs> for admitting that on air because, frankly, different viewing habits. And the football team I cheer for is awful. We're like the worst team in the league, and I still won't sign up for Disney Plus. I just picked up a player from your team. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the running back, guys. Oh, oh, Darius, yeah. Yeah, oh, is that was that a stupid thing to do? Yeah, I don't know. He'll, he'll get some run. Yeah, I, I have like no running backs. I'm in trouble. He's just very injury prone. So yeah. you look at He's kind of like the uh, Disney Plus app. Didn't right he now. just come back from an injury? He can't get injured again now. No, yes, he can. I think bodies <laughs> work that way. I think it's, it's easier, oh, in no. fact. I think it's I think more it's, likely. Yeah. Like half my lineup is injured. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Before we leave Disney Plus, I want to speak to the Netflix thing. I think I think not only will it bring the price point down, but I think it's also going to strengthen what Netflix does. Because I mainly use Netflix for stand up specials and documentaries, which mm-hmm. are the two things you mentioned. But I think it'll allow it to be a little bit more adult, like HBO was in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, so all I think of a sudden, Netflix is now this like cool alternative, like, right? like this rogue that's hanging in the back. Like, hey, you guys want to watch some dirty I stuff? I got some weird content, bro. <laughs> and I think that's really good for Netflix and for Disney Plus. So I think those two things being simpatico will make the quality of each better because we've lived in an almost like streaming monopoly for not this year, but in the years prior. Mm. But now with all this content coming at once, it's only going to help us. It's the anti Disney monopoly, ironically. <laughs> Well, we're going to move on from Disney Plus now, but you can probably bet we're going to come back to it soon because there is so much more content that isn't even available on launch day that we're going to cover here on Movie Talk. Right now, we got to tell you about upcoming stuff on Collider Video like Heroes. Here's a promo. Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show Tuesday nights with a new Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off. You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. That's not the only plug we have for you today, because I hear a certain someone is going to D.C. Did I get the right city? I am going to Washington, <laughs> D.C. this weekend, November 16th, Saturday night. Two shows at the Comedy Loft in D.C. First show I just heard is sold out. Uh, late shows still have some tickets available at 10 p.m. You get tickets at markellislive.net. That's Saturday, November 16th. Get them while they're hot. Three days later on Tuesday, my special drops all over the world. You can watch it. You don't have to download Disney Plus to watch my <laughs> special. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Amazon, wherever you enjoy your streaming content. Dog Stepfather, Saturday is the live show. Tuesday is the special, November 19th. Good stuff for coming. I can't wait to check it out. Very excited for it to drop and get out there and then have no material left. <laughs> so I got to write new stuff. Molly, I'll help you out with that. It'll be fine. All right, let's get into these trailers. So we're going to talk about three of them right now. I'm just going to throw out the titles. Fantasy Island, Scoob, and Sonic. I almost remembered all three of them. Which one caught your eye the most? Is there anyone that you are the most hyped for? I didn't hate any of these trailers. I didn't hate. Okay. I, I think that that if if you if you told me I had to make a movie about rank Fantasy them. Island, I would. I would. This is the way I'd go with Fantasy Island. If okay. I'm going to rank them, I mm, Scooby really got me with the dog Shaggy relationship towards the end. I think Sonic was the best of the three. I go Sonic. I go Scoob, and then I go Fantasy Island last. I think you're Scoob, not a Disney shill, but you're a Sonic redesign shill. I thought that <laughs> I, I I didn't really know the difference between the redesign versus the old one. I was just looking for less jaggy teeth. But I love what Jim Carrey's doing with Doctor Robotnik. I think that's the way to approach that character. James Marsden's going to be just like a fine, you know, vanilla lead to let Sonic go run off and do his crazy stuff. And I found Sonic quite charming. To be honest, with I you. forgot we were talking about earlier where we were uh, discussing like 
like too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Was it, Oh, it was the Jeff Goldblum show yeah. where it's too much of that. The, the thing that had me worried with Sonic, and I do think this trailer is much better than the last one I saw. The only thing that has me worried is it's too much of the same thing. It's like I thought the first time I saw Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik, I'm like, you look good. This is a good casting choice. Then we kept cutting back to him, and I'm like, oh, you do the same thing over and over. And it's the same thing with Sonic. How many times are we going to have the same joke over and over? You can have a great writer on board and maybe have a fresh take every single time you come back to it. I'm just a little concerned that this is kind of going to, you know, chip away at my patience a little too fast. I have the exact same order, and that would that's the opposite of what I ever expected. <laughs> I never thought the Sonic trailer would be the top of any list I had, except for most painful trailer. Uh, I, the first trailer I thought looked really young, like it skewed young, mm-hmm. and this one I feel like skews young, but in a better way. So I, I don't mind the redundancy of the type of jokes, because I know they're going for like that 7 to 12-year-old audience. And I something about Jim Carrey screaming about how much he loves how someone makes lattes really worked for me. I laughed out loud when you were watching the trailer. I wasn't Why? even watching it because I love the Jim Carrey line. Like oh. so that Jim Carrey performance, there's something about how he's playing Robotnik that I didn't want to love. I forgot I wasn't plugged in for oh, that one. Right. You guys could hear everything. We were experiencing it with you. It was a okay. watch along for us. Yeah, the concern uh, you should you should not have concern for the Sonic trail. What we should all have concern for is that Shaggy as a young kid, was eating Scooby Snacks by himself. On a, he wasn't feeding them to a dog. The dog came up and then was like, oh, these are Scooby. <laughs> why, was a, why was a human boy eating dog treats have on I the ever, beach? Have Admittedly? I ever told you the story where we had uh, like one of the Jewish holidays at my house and we had a cousin that we didn't know. It's like, you know, a, a millionth cousin down the line. And my mom keeps a little bowl of M&Ms next to the dog treats that we give our dogs. Going. And the cousin was just like munching on dog treats oh, and no one told so her great. i mean we were never gonna see her again it was fine <laughs> i love sure that your family you're like eh, distant family third cousin <laughs> eat the dog I treats i love that it was for a holiday celebration <laughs> too it's like no we eat a dog biscuit then elijah comes through the door and then because that's what our ancestors did in the desert they had dog treats well now my dogs eat all this fancy food it's it's dog food made of human oh, food. Oh, they live yeah. better than us. Yeah. Also, in fairness, I watched way too much Lethal Weapon as a kid, and I definitely ate milk bones for like a solid <laughs> six months. Like, I convinced my parents it was fine. They let me... I, I ate milk bones. The, the they're, they're a little dry, but like some of the flavors aren't bad. I, I have tasted milk bones. What I what really shocked me about the Scooby trailer is at the beginning, when we meet them in the movie theater and it's Shaggy and Scooby as adults, Scooby's been through some... He sounds a lot more like McGruff the crime dog than he does the Scooby I remember. Then we see him as a, as a tyke, and it's like, okay, this is feeling more Scooby. So I do like seeing the origin story. If I had to watch this with my niece and my nephews, I'd be, you know what? I'm okay with watching a Scooby-Doo flick for 90 minutes, especially if it's like young Scooby, not old Uncle Scooby, and then Scrappy comes in and just hogs the spotlight. You know what I think it is? I think I just, I, like, this is just my personal taste. I don't often like CG live action hybrids. I think I've seen so many mm. bad ones that I'm such a skeptic when it comes to that kind of film because it's like Smurfs, I would rank yeah. I would rank the Scoob trailer a lot higher and that made me wish especially watching the trailers back to back that they had just done that with Sonic. I wish it was done in that format. Uh, I, I, the, the nostalgia of Jim Carrey being like 1994 Jim Carrey is, is hitting me pretty hard. I think Could that's what be. put that trailer over the Could top. Be. But I didn't dislike the Fantasy Island trailer. Again, if you 
if you told me I had to make a Fantasy Island movie, this is the route you take it. You you make it this weird macabre horror thing as opposed to the fantastical TV show that it's based on. And it's probably going to be a very smart move to really. I believe this one's coming out on Valentine's Day, and <laughs> with a with a cast that like that and that so kind hard. of concept, it's a Blumhouse movie. Uh, Jeff Wadlow's directing. He just did a Truth or Dare with Lucy Hale, and that movie. Who expected that to be a success like that? I and think Lucy it opened Hale with a good as amount. Good as she possibly could have done in that. In that, I think they all role. did. Yeah, I, that movie was not the greatest. I will admit that, but it was really fine horror movie watching. And if they hit that level with this or higher, I think they could be in for a similar amount of success. All three of these felt very spring. All these, all three of these felt very like while I'm at the movie theater. Like none of them are things I will seek out or wait in line for. Or be their Thursday opening, but these are all three movies I will see, and I'm excited for any of them. Yeah, none of them was named uh, a confusing title. Like, imagine if Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> was called Dr. Robotnik. You'd have no idea what the hell this thing is. It's, imagine if Scooby was called Dr. Snack. <laughs> <laughs> we know what these movies are because the titles make it very easy. It's very digestible. It, Do you a, like any title that's a that's a sequel, like like a Terminator Dark Fate, or would you just rather have had that been, you know, like a franchise number? I, I like sequel titles. I like when they, when they're original. But if you're looking at box office results and you're looking for a reason why a good film based on a popular, uh, it, you know, this is a sequel to a hugely popular successful movie didn't do better, it's because you did not tie them together well enough. What about Maleficent, Mistress of Evil? What if it was just Maleficent Two? Would that have made any difference? Uh, to me, no. <laughs> but I think that Maleficent tells you that it's, that it's in that world. Dr. Sleep, again, it sounds like some weird adult drama that you'd see on Lifetime. Like some evil doctor poisoning people. It also, like, no one uses the full subtitle when ordering the ticket. Like, I feel like Mistress of Sleep is for the studio and for the poster. I feel like everybody just goes in and says Maleficent 2. But if you don't know to say Shining 2, you're not buying the ticket in general. I think, I think the issue is, like, Dark Phoenix, a lot of people were like, oh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, and that movie wasn't going to do well no matter what. But, it, it, like, that movie threw some confusion at people that didn't realize it was part of the X-Men franchise they already knew. Like, there were some people removed from things, like, that needed X-Men in the title. I'm so bummed For another about two million million. Like, I don't think, this this will probably go down as one of my biggest box office disappointments of 2019. We had a, we had a brief chat on Saturday about how Dr. Sleep is something that I should listen to. Did we? Yeah, we did, yeah. We had fun on Saturday night. Um, I, that, that it's something I should listen to in audio form. And I'm telling you, Dr. Sleep is really good. Of those five movies that, are, that were in the top five, Dr. Sleep is the one that I would send you to the most just because I thought it was so well made. But then you have this weekend. There's some pretty good competition with the Ford Ferrari movie. All right. Let's get one live chat question in because we are nearing the end of the show. I'm, I'm going to look for a Disney Plus one right now. Uh... Uh, well, Emil Johansson is asking, will Disney release statistics unlike Netflix? I, I don't think we have a firm answer for something like that. But if you were going to try to predict it, do you think there's going to be any, I mean, reliable and useful stats we can take from Disney Plus's launch? I feel like they're going to be a little bit more transparent, but I still don't think we'll know as much as we know from like a box office report, unless you use box office mojo, which means you don't know anything. Um, I think that so confusing uh i think that we'll get some information because they'll be trying to show the strength of it i think they're going to come out very like clearly like this is the numbers we did here here and here but i don't think it's going to be like weekly i don't think it's going to be monthly i don't think we'll hear about it a lot after the upfront announcement yeah i don't know why you would do that unless you had to unless the service was really struggling 
and you wanted to show people, hey, look at how popular these things are. But I don't see the service drug. I think it's going to go like gangbusters. And I think that those numbers are going to be reported to shareholders that are in the meeting with Bob Iger every <laughs> quarter. And nobody else is going to know about that. I think we're years away from getting legit numbers for some of these services. We're going to have to wait for, you know, cable packages to be a thing of the past and for streaming services to truly dominate. And then at that point, some service out there is going to need the data and they're going to go and collect I would it. love for that to be the competitive drive. To get. I, I just want Disney and Netflix to throw their fake numbers at each other. Like the Mandalorian did $46 million to Bird Box's $45 million <laughs> opening. We, 45 million people. It's, it, we don't know that. Nobody can prove that. And just look at how reliable YouTube and Facebook numbers are, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Thank you for ruining everything. <laughs> one more question here, because this is a good one. MK Songbird asks, do you think that moving forward we will see any other streaming services follow in the steps of Disney Plus and include extras like commentaries, deleted scenes on the platform? That's one of the strongest things they've got. Like Agreed. the in-game commentary is brilliant because that's a commentary not on the Blu-ray, but the Blu-ray has other things not on the streaming service. So I think it's a great opportunity to have completionists have it all. So I, I think audio commentaries are really slept on. The Fight Club audio commentaries, all four of them are incredible. I, the, every single one of those viewing experiences is different and you can spend nine hours watching that Blu-ray, just the movie and then the special features. So if streaming services start doing that, I think it's a great way to get money for not that much cost. I mean, they're kind of breaking the rule of Fight Club. <laughs> like <laughs> the four first times. two. Yeah. I, I, I think that the, the, the commentaries that people most want to see are from films that are going to be on Disney+. Plus. So I think it's less of a bonus for something like Netflix or Amazon than it would be for Disney Plus because everybody wants to hear the Avengers Endgame or they, they want to see the Marvel or the Star Wars commentaries. I don't know. I think I would apply the same thinking to some Netflix content. Like, I would definitely like to see some, you know, delete. I'm now mostly shows are coming to mind. So it'd but be I'd fun like to watch see, Paul Rudd talk about, scenes. you know, living with yourself. Yeah. I just don't think that there's a clamor for that like there would be for this director who made this biggest movie of all time. I just think this is going to be a game between the two of them, if not more entities, where it's like up. Up, up, And before you know it, they're going to be somewhat the same thing and someone's going to crumble. I'd watch a 10 year anniversary like Walt and Jesse commentary. Like I'd love to watch Breaking Bad yeah. with, with Brian Cranston. That's a great and, example and of one that I would have liked to commentary yeah. on. And I could see that happening. Maybe well, I'll for, be like, over here episodes. with Apple and I'll watch Jason Momoa talk about his new show. <laughs> Which I can't remember the name of. Well, he can't see it, so how's he going to do a commentary? Oh, it's just called C? <laughs> it's just C. All right. Short to the point. Dr. C on Apple now. You think that one would sell all the tickets? <laughs> I think Dr. C would crush it. Imagine calling the Avengers Endgame. It's just like Dr. Fantastic. Oh, boy. It's like, like the idea that you're just adding a doctorate to everyone's title, and that's how this Dr. Thing Skywalker. Just didn't work. December 20th. All right. I would. I think if this was a whole series, I might be able to get into it. You just need to get the name value. You have to build it. Now and we started doctors. with Doctor Sleep, and it can only go. It really can only go up from here. So I think this is a good idea. It's a prequel to Doctor Strange. It's very confusing. <laughs> We're out of here, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Movie Talk. Coy Ellis, thank you so much for kicking off your day bright and early here. Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat. Thanks so much for your help. You guys know where to go after this to Collider Live. They kick off at 10 a.m. PT, and we are back at this. Day desk with a brand new episode of Movie Talk tomorrow morning at 9 Pacific. Stay little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. 
It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.